Open the eyes of our hearts, dear Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are in 2nd Chronicles chapter 34 and here we see Ezra the chronicler writing about King Josiah and about the book of the law of Moses. In 2nd Kings chapter 22 verse 2, King Josiah receives the distinct honor in scripture along with only King Hezekiah of walking in the ways of David. without swerving one way or another king josiah was prophesied almost 300 years earlier by a man of god in first kings chapter 13 verse 2 where he said o altar altar thus says the lord behold a child josiah by name shall be born to the house of david and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you and men's bones shall be burned on you in chapter 34 verse 1 start by saying josiah was 8 years old when he became king and he reigned 31 years in jerusalem we saw in the previous chapter how evil his grandfather manasseh was and though he repented at the end his son king amon had more than double the wickedness of manasseh So to this very evil and wicked king King Josiah was born however in 2 Kings chapter 22 verse 2 we are told that his mother was Jedida queen mothers had a lot of influence as we see from the evil queens Jezebel and Athaliah similarly the good queens had a very big role to play especially when their kids came to be kings at a very young age As King Josiah was just 8 years old, he probably did not know how to rule the kingdom. So we can be very sure that Jedida had an influence not only on Josiah's rule but more especially on his training both before and after he became king. And she had trained Josiah really well. And from his mother, King Josiah learned to love the Lord Jehovah with all his heart and soul. Because we are told in verse 3 For in the 8th year of his reign while he was still young he began to seek the god of his father David this shows us that children can very well be able to understand the spiritual truths that god has to offer the real beauty of the gospel is it can easily be understood by a 6 year old as well as the 60 year old Ezra the chronicler is once again harping on the subject that he has been doing so in all these chapters that is seeking the Lord God of Israel. We already saw the meaning to it and today I would like to show you a very beautiful aspect of seeking the Lord. The study of languages is called as linguistics and a person who loves languages is a linguist. A linguophile is a person who loves language and words. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew and it is very beautiful if we could understand certain words which has a very deep meaning by the words and letters of the Hebrew language. There are 22 letters of the Hebrew language and each one of those letters has a numerical value to it and also has a pictorial representation of it and which carries a particular meaning to it as well. So from these for every Hebrew word we can arrive at a meaning. So I looked at what the word seek is in the Hebrew language. There are two different words that are used in the Bible to represent seek. One is darash and the other is bakash. 
In Psalms 105 verse 4, the psalmist uses both these Hebrew words for seek in the same verse. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face forevermore. The first seek is Darash and the second seek is Bakash. Similarly, in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 he writes, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall seek for me with all your heart. Here, Bakash comes first and Darash comes second, if we look at it normally. But then, when you look closely at it, we see that Jeremiah has written this verse in a reverse style. That is, when you shall seek for me with all your heart, you shall seek and find me. So that was the meaning implied. In the Tamil Bible, this is translated in this order of Darash and Bakash. Okay, you might wonder as to what it has to do as to the order of these two words. Darash is spelled using three letters of Hebrew, Dalet, Reish and Sheen. Dalet is the picture of the door and its meaning is a doorway to life or death. The letter Reish is the picture of the head and the meaning is master or leader or a prince. The letter Sheen is the picture of teeth. And the meaning is to consume, to crush or to destroy. From these three pictures, can you understand what the meaning of Darash is? Yes. So it says, there is a doorway to life opened by a prince who was crushed. So when you say seek, it actually means you are seeking the doorway to life opened by a prince who was crushed. Look at that beautiful meaning here. In the Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. By me if any man enters in, he shall be saved. So the first word darash actually is the starting point of salvation. So when you say seek, it actually means you are being invited to enter into the salvation of the Lord. What about the next word bakash for seek? Bakash is also spelled by three letters in Hebrew, Beit, Kuf and Sheen. Letter Beit has a picture of the floor plan of a tent and the meaning of this letter is a house or a family. The second letter Kuf is represented by a sun on the horizon. So it represents light and it also represents the period of time. The last letter, Sheen, as we already saw, is the picture of teeth, which means to consume, to destroy or to crush. So, can you combine all these three and find out the meaning? Yes, so Bakash means we are now the family of God who are the light of the world and who over time will become as God. That is, we will crush sin under our feet, just as Jesus did. Seek also means to seek into the face of God. So when you seek into the face of God, you start becoming like Jesus every day. So do you see, the first word means the entry point of salvation. The second word for seek means uh, enduring life with Jesus, where you learn to become an overcomer of sin in your life, just as Jesus was. And you start crushing sin just like Jesus did. Now look at 2 Chronicles 34 verses 4 to 7. Look what King Josiah did. 
he purged the high places the wooden images the carved images the molded images second he broke down the altars of baals the incense altars third he cut down fourth he broke in pieces and made dust of them and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them fifth burned the bones of the priest on their altars sixth he cut down with axes seventh broke down the altars cut down all the incense altars throughout all land of israel so do you see the meaning of seek taking place right here verse 3 says he began to seek the god of his father and then it continues on to say in the 12th year he began to purge judah and jerusalem so do you see how beautifully those two hebrew words fit exactly in this particular case god's prophecy never goes in vain he was prophesied 300 years earlier and he came to do exactly that ezra the chronicler was showing this to the exiles and he is showing it to us today the christian's primary goal is to become like jesus from the day of salvation he or she begins on this journey so how do we become overcomers just like king josiah i would like to show you seven different ways first as jesus overcame we are to overcome sin bible says in first john chapter 2 verse 6 anyone who says he abides in christ must walk as jesus walked is that really possible if it is not possible there would be no such command in scripture jesus christ's life was a demonstration of how we are to live as a christian we are to make that our goal and by faith we should press on to that perfection by saying lord i want to walk just like you so that the holy spirit will conform us to christ likeness from one degree of glory to another king josiah did the very same thing because you see in verse 8 after he finished the purging he started with the renovation of the temple he started doing what the lord had planned for him secondly to become an overcomer we need to have the attitude of not my will but yours be done when jesus came into the world he declared god you have given me a body and i have come to do your will in hebrews chapter 10 verses 5 to 7 similarly when he was facing enormous trials at the end of his ministry he said not my will lord but yours be done in luke chapter 22 verse 42 the essence of all sin is doing our own will so what is the essence of holiness the essence of holiness is denying our own will and doing the will of god we read that jesus said in john chapter 6 verse 38 i came from heaven not to do my own will but to do the will of god the will of him who sent me that is holiness human nature is just the opposite even as a little child we want to do our own will we see that in the little kids themselves they don't want to be told what to do they want to have a will of their own that is how stubborn sin really is king josiah was doing the will of god by repairing the house of the lord his god he probably must have heard about his forefathers ezekiah and joash and david how they were very zealous for the house of the lord and he tried to imitate them from all the stories his mother would have told him so he tried to imitate the very same thing in his own life as well 
and thirdly to overcome we need to use the word as the weapon god's word is a sword as we read in ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 and hebrews 4:12 it is the absolute truth and a powerful weapon against satan's deceit and sin's deception when jesus was tempted his reply was always it is written jesus did not just quote the word he had authority when he used god's word because he lived by it as we read in john chapter 1 verse 14 here in this chapter Hilkiah the high priest found the word of God that was written by Moses himself then Shaphan the scribe brought the book to the king and he read it before the king look at this king Josiah he would have had a lot of work to do but then he sat down to listen to the word of God today you too are listening to this word of God when all the other people are doing their own work don't you have any work to do of course you have but then you chose to sit down and listen to the word of god this in itself is one of the ways that you overcome in many churches the people even admonish the pastors if they start preaching for more than 30 minutes they become restless in some churches they have even changed pastors because he preaches for a long time that's how much value we are placing on god's word today and god's word has become so cheap nowadays because it comes up in every channel possible that we do not pay or give it any consideration if we are to catch a train or make an appointment we are right there on time because we know if we are not there on time it would leave us behind however we do not have a dedicated time in the study of the word of god what does it say of us let's ponder the fourth way to overcome is to pray with vehement cries and tears in hebrews chapter 5 verses 7 to 8 we read who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear though he was a son yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered this is talking about jesus are you surprised jesus really was a man just like you and me god did not give him any special privileges or make the way easier for him because then the whole work of salvation would have been corrupted and worthless jesus fought a desperate battle against the sin in his own flesh and needed help just like you and me his vehement cries and tears were heard because they were genuine the result of only wanting to serve god here in this chapter king josiah when he heard the word of the book of the law says in verses 19 and 27 that he tore his clothes and wept this showed a great remorse on his part because he understood the great wrath of the lord which was to be poured out because the sins of his forefathers suddenly josiah had this revelation of why israel was taken as captives and thus the word of the lord helps us become overcomers by helping us understand the spiritual nature of our lives everyone goes about life living just for this earth alone it is only a christian whose eyes have been opened by the word of god that he is able to see beyond this life and he is able to live in the light of that revelation 
The fifth way to overcome is to humble ourselves. Our human nature, when we are pointed out our shortcomings and our sin, is to become haughty. It is only through God's grace that a person can be convicted of sin and have the humility to humble himself before the Lord God of heaven and earth in whom salvation is possible in whom there is redemption of sin Josiah had this humble heart wherein he immediately acknowledged that it was his forefathers sins which had brought them to such a state he did not argue or complain he immediately humbled himself before the lord the fifth way to overcome is to humble ourselves in philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 8 we read let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross jesus did not have anything to lose if he did not come down to the earth he could have very well created another earth and inhabited it with a different set of humans it could have been very much possible but god in his wisdom and mercy and grace chose to come down to the earth for us sinners so that we have a redemption plan where we could get back together with him once again the sixth way to become overcomers is to understand that there is grace to help us in our times of need Jesus knows what it is like to be a human. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 we read, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Before he left the earth, Jesus promised his disciples that he would send the helper, the holy spirit who would guide them in all the truth in john chapter 14 16 and 17 and in john chapter 15 verse 26 therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need look what king josiah did in verse 21 go inquire of the lord for me and for those who are left in israel and juda so they went to Huldah the prophetess there were many prophets who were prophesying in Judah at that point of time for example Jeremiah prophesied during Josiah's reign as we see in 2 Chronicles chapter 35 verse 24 and Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 2 and so did Zephaniah in verses 1 1 and so did Habakkuk and Nahum however here we are told they did not go to all these prophets but went to a prophetess named Huldah people say the bible does not treat women as equals no the bible treats women as equals indeed many people falsely believe that women should not be in ministry they take one verse from the new testament and hold on to it but there were many women of god who have been mightily used in the biblical times in the old testament as well as the new testament galatians chapter 3 verse 28 says there is neither male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus So what about that one particular verse it was mentioned to that particular church because the overwhelming evidence of the bible points to the fact that god can use anybody in fact god did use even a donkey 
If you could use a donkey, he could use anybody indeed. Huldah the prophetess gave a warning by the word of the Lord God of Israel. And she acknowledges that Josiah had a tender heart and he humbled himself before the Lord and, and tore his clothes and wept before the Lord God so that the Lord heard him and gave him peace. and gave him an assurance that he shall not see the calamity to which judah would be put through you see the times were so evil that the people of judah did not follow after the lord god they did not seek out they did not have the experience of darash or bakash that ultimately led to their downfall and they being taken by babylon as captives This was what Ezra the chronicler was trying to point out to the exiles returning back from Babylon. He was telling them, return back to the Lord and seek him because God can give you the grace now in your time of need. The seventh way that we can overcome is to suffer in the flesh and cease from sin. We read in 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. This was not the suffering on the cross that he is talking about. This was the suffering that Jesus had to undergo daily. He had to say no to his own will. He had to say no to the sin in his own flesh when it bombarded him incessantly with its demands and deceitful attraction. Even today, each and every child of God on earth has to undergo the very same situation. We are bombarded incessantly with our human nature's demands and sin's deceitful attraction. As a disciple of Christ, we need to hate our own lives, deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. It costs something to be a disciple of Christ. It is not a free ride. It is not something a bed of roses. On the daily cross we need to suffer in the flesh and cease from sin. However, it is no longer us who are doing it. Because as a Christian, it is no longer I, but Christ Jesus who lives in me. It is He who is giving us the strength to do it. We don't have to do it on our own. If we do it on our own, we'll fail each and every time. That is why many people say, I've been trying so much brother, but then I'm not able to live this victorious life. Yes, you can't in your own strength. It is only through God that you can accomplish. Today, if you see yourself struggling, remember this. You need to nail yourself on the cross and let Jesus Christ take over your life. Would you give him the steering wheel of your life? That is what God expects and he will help you live this victorious life. Revelation chapter 3 verse 21 says, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. What a glorious promise for a believer. You and I are called with such a glorious promise. Let's learn to keep this always in the front of us and learn to become overcomers. Verse 33 we read, Josiah did not only this but he made all who were present in Israel diligently serve the Lord their God all his days they did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers 
Josiah made sure that they all lived as overcomers during his lifetime. Sadly, he was the last good king to rule the kingdom of Judah, and very soon judgment was to follow. May God bless these words. Amen.